As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hey guys, it's Dave DeFord. Join me and my buddy Seth Partnow and Moda Keel every Friday right here on The Athletic NBA Show for Nerdishy Road, a podcast that attempts to look at the cutting edge of the NBA and the sport of basketball. Whether it's sports science, a deep dive on X's and O's, tales from the video room, or the next big thing in analytics, you can find it all every single Friday on Nerdishy Road right here on The Athletic NBA Show. Join us this Saturday for an all-new episode of The Athletic NBA Show. Saturday Slam and Jam, hosted by me, Andrew Schlecht. I'll be joined by my co-hosts Alex Spears and many of the athletic beat writers that you know and love. We will recap the week of the NBA, play some NBA trivia, and just overall talk about the league that we love most. So while you're flipping your flapjacks, tending to your yard, or just sipping your coffee on Saturday morning, listen to Saturday Slam and Jam on The Athletic MBA Show. Welcome to The Athletic MBA Show, Monday through Friday, on The Athletic Podcast Network. I do have a take. Point of contention. Uh, what are y'all talking about? Y'all hate Stop hating Welcome to Point of Contention. Five subjects, five minutes, five points of contention coming up on the show. Down the stretch we come with struggling teams. The Boston Celtics can't do anything, and Paul Pierce is doing maybe too much. I'm Zach Harper. Jade Hoyt is producing in this corner. Flint, Michigan legend, author of the book, From Bad Boys to Just Plain Bad. I'm sure in... Bookstores near you, the Athletics Detroit Pistons beat reporter, James Edwards 3.0. James, let's get a little philosophical here. Is it possible to live a normal life and never tell a lie? No, it is not. (laughs) It is not a normal life unless you tell a lie. If you're never in a situation where you don't have to lie to somebody, you're not living life right. I fully believe in keeping it. If people say you got to keep it 100, no, you keep it 85. Yes. All right, you leave you leave 15% for lies and 85% for realness. That's what it, that's what we do here. It's not a lie if you believe it. And in this quarter, from Long Meadow, Massachusetts, Miami Heat hater, Zach Harper, nemesis, and the author of the upcoming book, Danny Ainge Almost, a story about the deals that almost went down. The Athletics beat reporter for the Celtics, Jay King. Jay, 
What do you think humanity's reaction to discovering extraterrestrial life should be? I think we need to embrace the aliens, man. Everybody wants to go to war with the aliens. That's true. Why do that? They they would destroy us, first of all. We, we got to find a way to to really get them on our side, to, to fall in love with the aliens, to, to incorporate them into our lives. I think the ambassador should be J.R. Smith. That's the guy we send to the aliens. Like, Yo, that's a good one. You want to destroy this guy? I don't think so. Or Poku, because he looks like an alien. Poku, oh, Poku, Poku looks like Poku's just, always dressed like just a straight he's, bullet at poor Poku. I love Poku's game. Poku is always dressed like he's he's a blogger at his first summer league. <laughs> that's how he's always dressed. Like that's that's what it looks like for our young Oklahoma City Thunder friend. All right, Jade, start the clock. Take one. And down the stretch they come. Fellas, we're 50 games into the season for most teams. Roughly 22 left until the playoffs, and we're taking a look at the Western Conferences. The Jazz, the Suns, the Clippers, the Nuggets are all atop the conference. The injury-riddled Lakers are fifth, and they're falling fast. They're trying to short things up by Andre Drummond's presence, but even he got hurt. And LeBron and AD are still out. So, fellas, I'm wondering, at what point do we push the panic button in L.A.? Jay, is it time to panic with the Lakers? Absolutely not. They are a team built on defense and the two stars in LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Their defense is number one in the NBA. They still have the best defense through all of this. When LeBron and Anthony Davis get back, assuming they're healthy in the playoffs, this team is going to be the best team in the Western Conference, the toughest team to beat in the Western Conference. And I'm not worried yet. I'll be worried if those guys are less than 100% going into the playoffs. But as long as they can get back, get a few games under their belt, and and get a little rhythm back before the playoffs, this is a team that that's built for the postseason. They're, they are making their 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 playoff matchups tougher though. Like they could fall to six. They could they could play the Clippers in the first round. They could play the Nuggets in the first round. They're they're making their path tougher, but but they're a team built for a tough path, and they're still my favorite in the West. Yeah, James, think- they they might be a playing tournament team at some point if they if this keeps going. No, like that's the biggest worry is the seating. Like Jay said, who who is your maker in the first round? Because I will decide LeBron, AD or not. Um, that could just, that's going to decide a lot. And this team so far since LeBron went down, I think four and six, not really any bad losses. I mean, the Pelicans loss was bad. And I think they lost to Atlanta by five, but they lost to teams you'd expect them to lose to. They beat teams you'd expect them to beat. I, I think they've kind of, I mean, at four and six, I think they've, exceeded expectations without LeBron and AD if we're being honest I did you look at that roster I mean a Kyle Kuzma Taylor Horton Tucker led team is floating around 500 over 11 game stretch I don't know if anybody's penciling that in uh, ahead of time but yeah I I think they got to worry about definitely their seating Uh, but I I wouldn't worry about the long-term effects once LeBron and uh, AD do come back now Jay we do know that Rudy Gobert has said that there's a small market bias with the referees against them. They got to play even better. Now imagine a scenario in which the Lakers end up as the eight seed because of the playing tournament, just some, some chicanery within the, within the playing tournament. And now first round, the Jazz's reward after all this great play in the regular season is they got to take on the Lakers. Will the small market bias be something they can overcome? 
<laughs> I, I would love that series. And I think LeBron told you he's not worried about that series when he was picking the All-Star games and picked Donovan Mitchell <laughs> and Rudy Gobert last, right? Like, if he was at all nervous about that series, he's not doing that. He's not giving those guys a reason to be pissed off and motivated. But he, he looks at the Jazz like, like, you know what? They're great in the regular season. They're going to be dog food when it counts. And and I I kind of agree with him. Yeah, I do too. Not so much dog food, but they're just not on the caliber of the Lakers. I think the Lakers are the best team in the West, and and I, I don't see anyone else getting to their level if if they're healthy. And and health is a big if for them. Like like Anthony Davis has always been a guy that yeah. has gone through injuries and dealt with stuff like that. So right, they've got to get healthy. If they can do that, their defense is good enough. I think they get through the West. I, I want Utah to succeed. I enjoy watching Utah play. I do, do too. You? I love watching them play. I hate shitting on them like I do on podcast. Yeah, like I thoroughly no, enjoy. Don't. Hold on. Oh, I'm calling I like bullshit shit on, on that. Yeah, I like shitting no. on them, but I do like watching them play too. There's they not a single team. There's not they a do, single you know? team Jay regrets shitting on. He won't buy into <laughs> the a, heat. I don't think he's bought into the jazz. I'm not buying any of that. I don't even think you bought into the nuggets. I think you're a big market homer. You just want to see Lakers Celtics every single year. Maybe Lakers Nets this year. I I, true, I do want to see Lakers Nets, but it's not yeah, because see, of the, the markets at all. It would just be the best two teams. Give me Utah be- Milwaukee. Oh, no, no, How no. How bad that's, would those ratings be? That's going to be something. Well, you know, it that may be watched less than a Paul Pierce Instagram live because speak of that take two was it wrong last Saturday morning the NBA world woke up to what appeared to be an all-night poker party with Paul Pierce his friends are playing poker there are some companions was that wrong there if you know what I mean <laughs> and someone called Monica who has Pierce himself said could make some money if she comes over part of the festivities were broadcast live for roughly 300 people on Instagram Live, that seems I'm I'm calling bullshit on that. There had to have been a million people on the replay. A million people. Jade, play the clip. What's the problem? Monica, you should be here. You can make some money, girl. Stop playing. Monica, what you doing? You guys throw some fucking chips, man. If you in L A, come through. If you in L A, Monica, come through. You know what I'm saying? Just days after Paul Pierce let go by his employer ESPN, who declined comment on the story. Many speculated on what happened beyond the scenes. Who knows? Maybe Paul's contract was up and he wanted to go out with a Mike Breen bang! So James, did Paul Pierce do something wrong here? Because in the words of George Costanza, I tell you, I gotta, I gotta plead ignorant, ignorant on this, on this one. Thing. I didn't know I couldn't do that. Yeah, no, he didn't. He did things that, uh, without the, uh, the high money stakes. He does things that that we all do. We're just smart enough not to put it on Instagram Live, or I should say, um, we're usually not under that type of influence. I don't know what influence he was under, but it was clearly. I, uh, I feel like I know, under, but it was clearly. He's, uh, not. he's like scared. And he's not. He's scared. And he's not. He's scared. And he's not. He's scared. And he's not. Yeah, you could guess. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna incriminate him, but you could guess. Uh, he's a guy that I think needed. I I like seeing this from Paul Pierce because I've never enjoyed Paul Pierce yeah. outside of 
off a of basketball court. And to see that, I when I first saw that, I cracked up. And I'm glad you brought up the Monica thing because I thought that was the funniest thing in the whole clip. Aside from somebody commenting, fuck Ray Allen. Just giving Ray <laughs> Allen a stray in the middle of all of this. <laughs> I, I, should he have been fired for that? No. Should he have been fired because he's not an entertaining commentator? Yes. So if that was ESPN's way of cutting the Paul uh, Paul Pierce cord, it's not bad. It's not a it's not a bad way to disguise it. But if you're just simply looking at the situation, he was doing it was guy's night out. He just has way more money than us. Yeah, I uh I think we found Kevin Garnett's burner with the fuck Ray Allen comment on, <laughs> on IG Live. I think that was pretty obvious. Um but Jay, like I, I think with the Paul Pierce thing, um, I think it's a weird consequence, personally. Like they can have whatever company policy and we have to remember like espn is owned by disney right so it's gonna add another layer to this stuff but um i'm with you like i didn't think he did anything wrong like he's in a state where he's allowed to smoke weed he's allowed to you know i guess have a party in a home which is that's what that's what he was doing to a certain degree even though there are obviously some concerns about social distancing and spreading the the you know the the coronavirus and stuff like that so i i get all that but um but I don't know. Like I'm, I'm with James. Like I, I'd like seeing that. This is the side of Paul Pierce that you hear about but never see. Yeah, I've got a conspiracy theory on this one. Ooh, Jade, play the conspiracy music. Stop I think this was calculated by Paul Pierce. He wanted to leave as soon as it happened. He came out and was like, you know what? Big, big things are coming soon. He's got something in the works. I don't know what it yeah. is. I don't know what what he's putting together. I don't know how he's going to resurface from all this. But you don't go on Instagram Live and film strippers after a career of avoiding all of that stuff. Unless right. it's calculated. I I, I think he did this, this on purpose. He wanted out of ESPN. He wanted to them to let go of his contract. It, the most eye-opening part of this. He was making one and a half million dollars a year. Yo, when I found that out. Yo, man. Yo. For what? Well, all right. To be fair, people don't like what he did, but he got attention. That's kind of the only role there, right, is to get attention. Like, no one's – no offense. I'm not concerned about, like, oh, does Paul Pierce think this pick and roll defense is good? Like, no, I want him to say, like, (laughs) the Bucs are done after game one of a series, right? True. No, facts. And then I want to see him on Instagram Live saying, oh, we've been to turkeys before. (laughs) (laughs) Underrated part of the Paul Pierce saga when he finally surfaced on Twitter, hashtag the truth shall set you free. If that's a podcast name, that's up there. If that's that's like something coming, that's one of the best names already off the gate. Also, I think that day after he he tweeted good morning at like 7 p.m. or something like (laughs) that. I I thought that was a great touch. Um, Jay, now I like your conspiracy theory. I think it's good. However, when he said big things to come, it did remind me a little bit of when someone announces on Twitter, I no longer work at this place, excited for the next step. They may have something lined up. They may not have something lined up. But I always question, like, are you excited for the next step or do you not know what that next step is? See, he took it in such stride. He has to have a next step. Like, there was no shame in his game. There was no part of him that was apologetic about it. He knew what he was doing here. I am 100% convinced that that he knew what he was doing. There's no way otherwise you lean into the joke and tweet good morning. And then as soon as you're, like, (laughs) chuckling, as soon as you get fired – and, and saying big things are coming, 
either he's playing this off the best way possible or he's got something in the works. I I choose to believe in conspiracies. The greatest exit interview ever if he does. Like, <laughs> I mean, IG strippers, two of them, like, and there's like a photo, but like one of them didn't like the other one. I don't know if something was said, but there was what? a look. One of them gave the other one a look and the other one was smiling. And it was like, I think it might have, I don't know. James got go deep into the hole. stripper yeah, activity. Yeah. I, the only thing like, I really yeah. noticed was was at one point I think he put on a kimono, which I that I found weird. I didn't know where that. Just is, there are a bunch of screenshots, and in one of them he's wearing this red kimono. I'm like, where did that come from? I didn't see that. The rest of the thing, the rest of and the footage. The dude in the background yelling, "You you guys all this money, you can't pay that. You can't tip the strippers." Like, <laughs> I saw a lot of money on the floor. I, I'm sure well, a lot of they money. Did well. yeah, you got to yeah. pick that up. Uh, yeah, we kind of found out who uh, he, he who went Paul full Pierce James is. Harden though. He went full J- like he he followed the James Harden playbook to a T. If you are I'm out gonna, of the place, I'm gonna disagree. Ooh. You go he public, you, you make James a disturbance. Harden. You involve strippers. <laughs> you 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 just go crazy. James Harden has set the blueprint for people leaving jobs. This this has to just spread like wildfire. Everyone's yes. gonna be doing this before they leave jobs. Good for the good for the economy. Good for the local economy when that happens, right? <laughs> if a guy wants to get out of a city, it's a nice way of saying goodbye. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Uh, we found out who Paul Pierce is, but who are the Boston Celtics? Take three! Talk about an existential question last night. Oh, the Celtics. They lost to the 76ers. Got obliterated by Joel Embiid and are now one game under 500, Tied with the New York Knicks before recording this because they do play tonight, Wednesday night, so... One of those teams won't be tied anymore. I guess both of them won't be tied anymore unless they tie the game, which would be a first. Jade, play the tape. Hey, go New York, go New York, go. Go New York, go New York. No, not that tape. Clearly (laughs) has been a very mediocre season for Brad Stevens Celtics. And as noted in many a previous episode, they don't have a clear guy. They don't have a clear leader. They don't have a signature style. They don't have an identity. Yada, yada, yada. So, Jay, let me ask you. You cover this team. Who are? the Boston Celtics. Everyone keeps saying the Celtics are inconsistent. I've probably even written that the Celtics are inconsistent. They are consistent. They are perfectly average. They have been getting obliterated by good teams. They're five and 12 now against teams with opponent top rating. One of those wins was against the Clippers without Paul George. Another was against the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard. Another Mm. was against the Nuggets without half their roster. They have two and one against the Pistons. Yeah, they have barely (laughs) beaten any good teams except for the Pistons this whole season. No, they're, they're, they're one and two. Against the Pistons. Oh, they're one and two. They're they, one, they're one and two. Yeah. So the the Celtics, I just think they're a team struggling to find itself. I think the, obviously the Kemba Walker injury right off the bat set them back. 
obviously they've dealt with as as many health and safety protocol absences as anybody and some of those have been really important including now evan fournier um but like at some point you just wonder like like what's going on there why, why are there stretches where they just don't play defense have no communication don't don't close out like it is it has been consistent that they go through stretches almost every game where they just play like mind-boggling basketball and and you wonder like like how did their spirit get to where it is i hate to keep poking the bear but to me this just comes back to Danny Ainge Jalen Brown Jason Tatum Kemba Walker, all great, all good players. Two of them, I think, obviously, potential to be great. But it's it's it. And it's you look at the roster, and I've said this before, there are like six guys on this 15, 16, 17-man roster that, like, I'm not sure are in the NBA in five, six years. Like, what is Danny Ainge doing picking Romeo Lankford? Why are you picking Aaron Neesmith? You have two guys who are young 20s who have proven themselves in the NBA. Go get something. Go get two things. I just think this roster... And it's it, again, it could just be me. I, I just think the roster just isn't that good. I think you have it's it's top heavy. Um, two guys and people forget to defend Tatum and Brown. They're still 23. Like not many guys figure it out fully at that age. But I think it would look a lot better if you were able to play competent eight man rotations, nine man rotations. I just think the Celtics get a little too thin uh, when Stevens looks down at that bench and it's. Evan Fournier is supposed to help. Of course, I'm a big Evan Fournier truther, but like you said, Jay, like he's, he's obviously going to be out for some time. So I just think that this roster had a chance to turn the corner. I think they had a chance to make a splash and really go for it. And Danny Ainge continues to make three first round picks every year. Let me tell you, Evan Fournier is shit. Okay. Let me tell you, that's that's not going to be a thing. I love that. (laughs) To, To your point, I think, I think the Celtics have probably learned what they need around Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown this year. Like I felt like Gordon Hayward's ball movement was, was super important. And and the, the way he was a very good cutter around those guys for everything, those guys do, they're more scorers than playmakers. And, and when Kemba has been missing second night of back-to-backs, he's missed a whole lot of time. And, and when Marcus smart's been out and they don't really have much playmaking depth outside of those guys, it's they've really struggled to to keep the ball moving and and a lot is on Brown and Tatum and I'm not sure they're ready at this stage of their careers to handle all of that like I I keep saying like we see that with the Clippers even with with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George sometimes that that they need that professional point guard and they they need the guy making plays and it's like Brown and Tatum aren't aren't there yet and so so I think some of the problems are predictable I do think the roster is, is part of it um and but, Kemba never was that guy either. I get, but that's a score. It's always been a score first point guard. Uh, so when you made that move, it, it doesn't, like you said, Jay, it doesn't really complement your, your two cornerstones. Yeah. And, and I, I think Kemba, like they could be an awesome offense with him, but I, I also think they just need more, more depth of, of, of playmaking and, and passing and, and cutting. And it's like, like that's where Fournier was going to be such a a big addition to the team, but now he's out instantly. And and like the other uns, unspoken part of it is they didn't have like basically any backup wings all season. Like they were playing Peyton Pritchard, Jeff Teague, and Robert Williams as their three bench guys. Like where are the six 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 seven rangy guys who can shoot? Right, like they haven't had yep. that, and they've had a like a a 
riches in in that category for the last few years with you know Marcus Morris, Gordon Hayward. They've they've had so much of that, and it just hasn't been there this season. And I think that's really killed their defense. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream Directv satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on Directv with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on Directv makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. Directv has the most MLB games. Visit Directv.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Speaking of, speaking of defense, guys, take four. The NBA awards race. Place your bets. Continuing our weekly look at the awards race with betmgm.com. And by the way, every week on theathletic.com for the rest of the season, the old Zach Harper awards rankings coming out. Uh, last week, we did rookie of the year. This week, let's do defensive player of the year. And it's essentially a two horse race right now. Here's the list. Rudy Gobert, this is care of betmgm.com. Rudy Gobert is minus 225 to win the award. Ben Simmons, plus 200. Miles Turner, plus 500. And Giannis at plus 2,000. And a lot of pretty graphs that people will share on on the old uh, Twitter machine about how Rudy Gobert is far and away the defensive player of the year. You get that out, coming out of Utah. But... James Dorian Finney-Smith the other night in the Mavericks went over the jazz said, Oh, when I saw that they were going to guard me with Gobert, I knew I was going to get a lot of shots, which, uh, no offense to Dorian Finney-Smith, but holy shit. What an indictment that is in terms of matchups. So James, if I give you $750, who do you bet on to win defensive player of the year? That Dorian, that DFS line was hilarious. First of all, shout out to him. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm going to put it on Gobert simply because by process of elimination, Miles Turner, if on a better team, I think gets it. I think he's just more likable. I think yeah. even though he doesn't really do anything to make, I think people are kind of off Rudy. Giannis isn't allowed to win anything, any awards until they do something in the playoffs. So he's out of it. <laughs> oh, no. No, I'm not that guy. I'm usually not that guy. But no, I'm, I'm going to go Gobert, man. I think... Somebody needs to be rewarded from that team. 
they pitied Mike Conley into the all-star game. That doesn't really count. I'm sorry. Wow. Mike, all-star game. Wow. Um, somebody needs to be recognized individually on that team. And I think Rudy is legitimately one of the best defenders in the league on the best team in the league on a, a, a team that if you look around, not a lot of great defenders, um, some solid ones, but not a lot of great ones. And they're able to rely on the guy um, that can really just, I mean, people are, I've watched it. People are afraid to go to the rim and presence yeah. alone makes that uh, a top runner for me. Yeah. Jay, I think that there's a philosophical thing that comes at play here, right? Of like, do you believe in the guy who anchors a defense or do you believe in versatility? And that essentially becomes the go bear Ben Simmons debate where Simmons has more help defensively, right? And Gobert's numbers are really good if you buy those advanced metrics as being good enough to show defense. But a lot of people around it's it's weird how like it seems like a lot of players around the NBA, even though to James point, we don't see a lot of attacking to the basket when Rudy Gobert is out there, but a lot of players around the NBA kind of like look confused when Rudy Gobert wins defensive player of the year. Yeah, and and this is a a weird award to me because I I believe that Rudy Gobert during the regular season is the most impactful defender and and he's probably going to be that for a few years to come and yeah. so if you're voting strictly on regular season and you're supposed to vote strictly on regular season then Rudy Gobert is the guy but in the playoffs you'd rather have a Ben Simmons you'd rather have mm-hmm. that versatility you'd rather have someone who can guard inside or go shut down a point guard, you know? And and so I think because Rudy Gobert is as great as he is, Utah is able to build a system that just produces great defenses, really regardless of who they have around him. But but in the playoffs, like, you see guys go at him, and, and you see guys take advantage of the fact that that he's normally in, in drop coverage, and, and he, he's a little uncomfortable when he has to guard the Jamal Murray Jokic action on the perimeter. And so I, I would bet on Gobert to win this award again. I think he deserves to win it again. But if I'm in the playoffs, I think there are other guys who are more impactful as defenders. So he's the he's the Giannis of defensive player of the year according to James. <laughs> Turns the reverse that. Giannis. Uh, and he's great in the playoffs quick... too. Like it's not like he's bad. It's just but like he's, he's not on that level of of the super he's not versatile like Kawhi's or Draymond yeah. Greens, the guys who right. can who can really guard just about anyone. He's not good enough. Like jazz propaganda could be like, no, it's actually not that bad. It's that bad. It's that bad to where teams aren't afraid of him in the playoffs. They game plan him. And that's something that they have to fix. Otherwise it's going to continue to be a problem. Jay, taking a quick peek at MVP, LeBron James. Jade, I need some very ominous music here. Down to seventh at plus 1200. He was passed by Luka Doncic. Jokic still the odds on favorite at minus 130, followed by Embiid at plus 400. Jay, who you got for MVP? Load up everything on Jokic. I think he, he's been the the MVP to me since early in the season. The fact that the Nuggets have won six straight and have looked great with Aaron Gordon and are climbing up the standings to to fourth, I think he's going to have a, a a case that's that's just undeniable. I, I don't see anyone passing him at this stage, especially with all the injuries and and absences that that some of the top candidates have had. Yeah, LeBron and Embiid are like going to have missed probably at least 20 games by the time the yeah. season's over. So I think 
James, I think Dame still has a chance. I think Damian Lillard still has a chance because I think he's more liked by a lot of the voters. And so if he can stay even with Denver, if Portland can stay even with Denver, I, may, I think it may, may be more of a coin flip. But at least at this point, it's got to be Jokic. No, I agree. I think it's Jokic. And it, every year it always feels like we talk about MVP. There's always the best player in the league uh, section. And then there's like the guy that is legitimately the most valuable player to their team award. And that, those lines rarely get blurred. And it's people are pretty straightforward. It's like, who do you think is the best player in the league? That's the MVP. But I think when you watch Jokic, that team is literally succeeds because of his presence, what he does well. And if you could just tell if you pluck him out, they'd have to play a whole different style of basketball. And for a guy that it's funny, the Pistons played them last night and you just watch all eyes are on Jokic, but all Jokic wants to do is pass it. So it's like the, just, it, it's, it's such a dichotomy that you really can't compare to anybody else. Your eyes are focused on the guy that wants to pass. And because of that, it makes everybody else's life easier. And I just think when you look at who is the most valuable player to their team, it's a good team with an offense ran through this guy who is getting whose best attribute, one of the best all-time attributes is to get others involved and you strip him away. That team looks completely different and would have to alter so many things. He's putting up prime Russell Westbrook traditional stats with, with the near triple double. And he's almost at 60, 40, 90, 60, yeah. 40, 90. Like he, he has had just an absolutely absurd season. You go, you see Aaron Gordon go over there, and Aaron Gordon's a guy with a lot of bad habits. And suddenly, Aaron Gordon is looking like a very efficient guy. And it's because, first of all, Jokic allows him to, to do things he's better at, but also because everyone just trusts in Jokic. Like, like they trust that he's going to make the right play, whether it's for himself and others. And you can see the belief that those guys have in him. And I, I think that changes so much for that offense. And that's why it's been so free-flowing over the last few years. And and you see guys that I don't think would be anywhere near the players they are without Jokic um, just just reaching new heights with him. And, and I don't think that is at all a coincidence. I, th I think he's always been that way. But this year, he's just taking it to another level. I think Will Barton would be the same player. I don't think you're changing the way Will Barton no. plays. But no, other we'll, than that, we'll, I think we'll, everyone, we'll, everyone we'll, else will be Will Barton. Will would still be the thrill out there. Uh, you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, take five. It's blowout season, boys. Earlier in the week, the Raptors uncorked the biggest blowout of the NBA season in a 130-77 to destruction of the Golden State Warriors, as one headline put it. At one point, the Raptors led by 61 points, 61 American points. 
which was just bizarre. The points, largest right? lead that any team has had this season. Uh, on Saturday, then, that was Friday night. Saturday, the Magic, the Thunder, and the Pistons, James, all lose by 40 or more. We had five blowouts, five 40 point blowouts to that point in the season. And then we had four in a span of 24 hours. We might be on the pace for most 40 point blowouts of all time. So, James, I asked this question earlier in the week in my power rankings, the latest power rankings on theathletic.com. Are we about to see a deluge of bad teams getting demolished the rest of the season as teams still work their way through a compacted schedule in the health and safety protocol dance? What say you? Is it going to get bad with these blowouts? It's going to get worse. Yeah, it's going to get bad. I don't know about 60.1 finishes, uh, but we're gonna, <laughs> we might see some 61-point leads in, in these games. I mean, you factor in, like you said, Zach, compact schedule. You have to factor in the mental fatigue, which always happens, but I would imagine is heightened this season. You have to factor in the physical fatigue of guys. I think somebody wrote a story recently how how much earlier guys have to get up on off days just to go test. Um, so whatever they think that they're factoring out with flying by trying to make the schedule better, it, it seems like it offsets. And then you also now are, are, are in tanking territory um, where the Detroit Pistons come into play. Well, they lost by 15 to Denver last night, but it was like a 30-point game for most of that, losing to the Knicks by 44. Teams are ready to embrace it. There's a great race for the worst record in the league. If you look at it, it could be as phenomenal as race. Who's going for the number one seed? I like the odds for the Wolves. I'll just say that I like their <laughs> odds. I like their odds too. Now that Orlando's <laughs> like winning games, I thought they would be uh, atrocious. But yeah, because they got those bums Nikola Vucevic and Evan Fournier out of there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't sleep on OKC, who lost the Pistons by twenty. That's true. Yeah, OKC's um, charging for that too. They're charging. But I just think, yeah, we're at that point in the season where teams pivot regardless. Um, but yeah, I think also the mental fatigue. I mean, I can't even just talking to people on this team, just what the toll has been. It's you, you can't even describe it. And I, I think we're going to start seeing tired legs and tired minds even more. Yeah. This yeah, is Jay. I think, I think to that point too, like there's, there's less time for practice, right? Yep. Because of the compacted schedule, like you, you can, you can try to correct some things in a shoot around or a film session, but not being able to get on the court, like it's just going to make everything snowball even more. Yeah, this has been the heaviest season I think a, a lot of guys have had to deal with. I think even compared to the bubble, like the bubble was a lot of time away from people's families, but it was just basketball. You didn't have to travel. You didn't have you, – you could go ch- hang out with players at whatever facility at the hotel. Yeah. When guys are on the road this year, they're not basically not allowed out of their rooms. They can't go to a restaurant. They can't go see friends if they have friends in the neighborhood. Like I don't know if enough people appreciate like all the things that players are going through. You're up all night watching Paul Pierce's Instagram, right? Together. Like I mean, there's yeah. a lot going on. <laughs> exactly. What are y'all talking about? Y'all hate. Stop hating. And so, Everybody so hate. I do think you know it, it's always the dog days around this time of year, but. But the weight of this season is going – I mean, you've seen it all year with just how bad defenses have been. Like, it's it's not that there's – the offensive evolution has come so long in, like, the last eight months. It's that defenses have just been trash all year long. And I right. think now that we're, we're this deep into the season and some teams clearly have no choice, and then this draft is great. So franchises have plenty of incentive to be like, you know what? Let's let's sit some of our better guys. Let's let's give 
you know, Poku a lot of minutes. Let's not have Al Horford play the rest of the season. <laughs> a lot of Poku talk on this one. Yeah, poor Poku is just catching strays. But Welcome to Poku. He doesn't deserve this. contention here no, on the he Athletic hope. NBA show. He to, doesn't to deserve add to Jay's, it. To add to Jay's point, though, and a lot of these teams racing for the bottom, they're all new teams. I mean, Houston has underwent a great transformation. Uh, Detroit, I literally know two people on the team I've covered for four years because Troy has changed the roster so much. Uh, Orlando changed. OKC's changed. And there was no tra- there was limited training camp. There's no summer league for th- these teams that are throwing out young guys. So to the point where defenses are bad, you can, ex- you can understand why with no practice time. It's just these teams that are considered bottom feeders right now really don't even know each other. Uh, you can go yeah. down the line with a lot of these teams. Minnesota's weird, essentially, because their stars don't play together They've, just because of injuries. So, 113 it, minutes this year with with D'Lo and Towns on the court together. 113. Crazy. That's it. Yeah. It's what weird. about with when, when you factor in Malik? I can't even imagine. Like that's yeah. probably less, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's less. And and I think on top of that, too, uh, two interesting races towards the end of the season. The Wolves lose their pick. If it's uh, if it's four or lower, uh, if it's one through three, it's protected, but they lose their pick to the Warriors. Uh, but that's not the only one. The Houston Rockets lose their pick if it's five or worse. Yeah. And they end up swapping with, I think, Miami. I think Miami, they would get Miami's pick and the Thunder would get their pick. So if there's any kind of lottery chicanery that happens on lottery night, uh, we could see two very devastated franchises after all this losing which makes it even more. I don't think the wolves are in danger of not finishing in the bottom four to protect their, their lottery odds, but they only have a 60% chance uh, or they only have a 40% chance of keeping their pick. And then I think, I think Houston has like a 52% chance of, of keeping their pick. So it's a lot at stake here. A lot, I told you a that lot. race is more fun than the number, the race for the number one seat. Yeah. Fast. It's way more fun than that. <laughs> Absolutely. Like you're going to see, uh, Pardon my language. You know, earmuff the kids. Some real fuckery down the stretch of this season. I think that's what we're going to see. And you can see all of that fuckery covered on theathletic.com. There's a promo I'm sure they want with that wording. Theathletic.com. Make sure you subscribe. You get the best coverage of sports out there on the internet, including the fantastic coverage of the Pistons and Celtics from our guys, James and Jay. Uh, For James, for Jay, for Jade. Oh, shit. What a lot of Jays there. I'm Zach. Keep it locked in on the Athletic NBA show. Subscribe, rate, review, do all that good stuff to help us out. So the athletic ran uh, on the very survey we talked about. It included a quote from an agent who essentially said the NBA was crazy for allowing the players to handle their, you know, Black Lives Matter movement and their protests and uh, and blame the uh, the tanking ratings on that. This is a total 180 in terms of branding and the way yeah. the NBA has presented itself. And a lot of people are just disconcerted by it. We used an analogy today on our kick. In a, in a, the way proclamations work in this country, if you say them anywhere, you're going to use it as a headline. Cuban says this, this, What's wrong with that headline? Cuban condemns ethnic... Hey, man, I'm just, I'm just very tired of it.
Um, it's 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 getting to the point where I tend to let people have their opinions, Mo. Like, go ahead, fire it off. It's all good. It's all just opinions. But at some point, somebody's got to be held accountable. And this rehashed talking point that somehow the player stance on race relations is a problem just needs to be addressed. You know, so you have an agent blaming the league for falling for it like they were duped by some kind of stunt and in the same breath saying the players aren't smart enough to even know what they're doing so listen the problem that i have is look let's assume that this argument is right i don't believe it is there there are other studies that say it's not but let's just give you that let's grant you that the protests and the conversation about race and how black people are treated and the overt activism is a problem for the league because it rubs fans the wrong way. Let's grant that. My issue, right, is how come nobody who uh, who agrees with this point is even asking, why is this such a turnoff to fans? Is any of them going to ever have the courage to bring up what might be actually the root cause of the problem? Instead, they're saying, hey, man, don't rub the fans the wrong way. How about ask the fans why they're being rubbed the wrong way? So, look, since you ain't going to say it, I will say it. If you are turned off because players care and are speaking out about race, you're the problem. If you can't compartmentalize the game and the noise surrounding it, you're the problem. If you're using sports as some kind of like total recall experience where the entire production has to be about you and cater to every sensibility of you, you're the problem. If you still, still can't differentiate between the concept of Black Lives Matter and the organization Black Lives Matter, you're the problem. You're the problem. If your response is to complain about people who are hurting, people who are feeling compelled to be a voice, people who actually back up their speeches with action and are doing things and have a history of doing so, you're the problem. And I'm not even saying this thing they do is perfect, right? I'm not even saying how they address it is the most ideal. Believe it or not, there are some black people who think it's a bit over the top, a little bit corny sometimes, yes. But you know what we understand? That it's not out of thin air that they're bringing this up. It's not based on nothing. And the reason that they're doing this is far greater than the inconvenience it might cause. It is ridiculous to constantly pander to this possibly straw man audience that somehow can't tolerate anytime black people have dialogue or issues to address. That anytime a black athlete does anything besides play, somehow they're offended. I don't even know if this audience actually exists. I don't know, but I know if you think this now, you have some forefathers you're connected with. Right, Because the same audience was saying the league was too black in Bill Russell's day. The same audience was saying the league was too playground and flamboyant in Dr. J's day. The same audience was saying the league was full of too many druggies in Magic's day. The same audience was saying there was too much style over substance in Jordan's day. The same audience was saying there was too hip-hop in Iverson's day. And now LeBron's day is too political. political. You are the problem. They literally airbrushed the tattoos off of Iverson because of this stuff. We still doing this? We're still doing this. We're still pandering to a crowd that literally has a problem with black athletes existing. Like, it's not like we haven't been through this before. Jim Brown, Muhammad Ali, like name them, Althea Gibson. And it's not even just black. Athletes across the globe use sports to champion movements. It's not, it's not, it's not a black American thing. This is an athlete thing. 
and all of a sudden it's a problem again. So the white people have been taking us for rides for the past 400 years in America. All the for rides, man. I've been the one that was taking me for rides. Still taking my people for rides. The white people. So whoever you are, agent, who ain't got the heart to put your name on it, you're the problem. You're the problem. You're the